This is Gridlocked, the podcast exploring why the 21st century is broken and how to fix it. Welcome to season one, Energy. It's not long after sunrise as we lean against the railings of Memorial Drive, which snakes along the Charles River Esplanade. We turn back from the ivory towers we're headed to, pausing for crisp air and the view. Rowers move in tandem, back and forth, then gone, leaving behind glistening blue water, framed by the old city grandeur rising from the banks above. Joggers pass by on the strip between promenade and road. Despite the activity, there's a striking stillness and serenity on that optimistic autumn morning. Bright amber beams bounce off glass and steel towers spurting up from brownstone and brick terraces interspersed with green. We attempt to retrace our steps from earlier, pinpointing the glinting gold dome of the Massachusetts State House and nearby white spire of Park Street Church, trying to locate Beacon Hill. Though almost November, the scarf and gloves I'd packed in London are redundant. A guilty thought crosses my mind. If this is climate change, then it ain't half bad. Immediately, my thoughts turn to melting ice caps and the reality that the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where we're headed to that morning, could be submerged under 12 feet sea level rise within decades. Thank you for tuning into Gridlock podcast exploring why the 21st century is broken and how to fix it. My name's Rola Keojo, and in this introductory episode, I'll speak to Mark Havener, director of Gridlocked, and Nick O'Hara, the producer, about the journey we hope to take you on in the show. Hello and welcome. As Nick did the introduction, I'd like to turn to you, Mark, to give us a little bit more information about Gridlocked and how it came into being. But I, first of all, I have to ask you, Nick, about the scene you're describing in the opening narration there. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Well, what I'm really describing there is the first morning that Mark and I had in Boston, and that was last autumn, and we were there at MIT to do a lot of the recordings for Gridlocked. Um, so I described that morning scene and it was, you know, a very bright and optimistic scene, um, which interestingly was then reflected in the conversations we had with many of the contributors to Gridlocked. So we, you know, we, we went along to talk about things like climate change and we were expecting doom and gloom. But what we got consistently was this real sense of optimism. So I tried to capture that. It's it actually with, with with what I read there is actually from an essay I've I've written um, more broadly on the topic. It sounds really interesting, very exciting for us to be jumping into that. So I just want to know from Mark, can you tell me a little bit more about how the Gridlock project came into being? It it, it was uh, I don't want to call it a fluke, but it wasn't planned this way. <laughs> we went uh, to work with uh, research center at MIT and about uh, about what we would call in-house thought leadership, which is to get more visibility about issues that are important to them. 
And um, as we unpacked uh, what, what the nuclear center was dealing with, we realized that they actually really need a larger discussion platform about this because there is in the energy world a whole lot of uh, misinformation and disinformation. And so we realized we needed a larger scale um uh, almost a, 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 a forum where everybody could come together and discuss this uh, as professionals in in the sector. So that's that's where it was born, really, as out of a need to have a national conversation and a global conversation. But actually, the the name gridlocked and 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 the core message that came from Nick. Yes, I I can claim credit for that. <laughs> Gridlock just seemed to me to neatly summarize the state we're in right now. And I figured that we needed a nice subtitle as a strap line for the show. So then my mind went to those those US book covers you see for popular economics or behavioral science books. And it came to me, why the 21st century is broken and how to fix it. But the idea of doing the podcast, that was Mark's idea. Podcasting really is Mark's specialism. Yeah, I've really been immersed in podcasting for a number of years, and I, I believe it's it's a really good forum for this kind of thing. So it was perfect. Yeah, there's a real focus on conversation, people, you know, giving their valuable opinions on things. So I think you're onto the money with this. So really, I want to know what you're hoping to achieve with Gridlocked more broadly. So what is the first season going to be focusing on? specifically in energy yeah there is a lot of division as we all know in um in discourse from any number of things uh energy in particular is is one of those issues that really shouldn't be divided by political discourse because it's so integral to everything in modern society and so what we really wanted to do was get over that political discourse hump and really dive deep into actual issues uh, around energy, uh, you know, trying to be as apolitical as possible. It's impossible to do that, uh, obviously, but, you know, these issues are much bigger than, uh, you know, what side of the aisle you're on or what, um, you know, political manifesto you're trying to push forward as an agenda. And so we really just kind of wanted to rise above that fray and talk to the experts in the field about the real problems. And not only that, but the real solutions that are available to us right now that uh, if we had the political will, we could uh, we could push forward and, and really solve some of this. Yeah, that sounds very needed, really, to to focus on the facts, on the science, more so than political agendas. Did you did you find that it was difficult to kind of navigate that? I think we're well aware that political issues are there. And that there is uh, certainly a political agenda, especially in the United States, but not just there uh, on the right or the left. But it, it's almost as if in producing this, none of that matters. So we're going to let that be and people are going to have their opinions, but we're, we're past opinion. We're not looking at opinions. What we're looking at is uh, the practical realities and, and practical solutions. And, and that really shouldn't be driven by politics. So as far as I'm concerned, when directing this, it was not even something we looked at. In the early conversations, planning for this, we were having everyone, whatever way you looked at it, and from whatever angle, economic, environmental, geopolitical, it, it really seemed that energy was the one kind of obstacle underpinning 
all of those you know the the various challenges we face so i mean that so that's kind of why why, why energy but also it just seems that we're at a bit of an inflection point right now and that a lot of people you know Mark sort of touched on there's a lot of division out there a lot of people are feeling a sense of despair um and that you know we you know we can see that things aren't working the way they should do or, or that maybe they're even they're broken but nobody seems to have the answers on how to fix them or you know even that those who perhaps do they're not getting the airtime that, that their ideas um deserve so that's we, we're trying to sort of plug as we would see a, a gap there I met Nick on a completely unrelated job working communications with a client we shared. While we got along just fine, I didn't imagine that in just a year we would be talking to some of the world's leading experts on energy and climate about how to solve the global crisis. At the height of the pandemic, we were safely quarantined behind Zoom, making formal introductions with one another. I kept my opinions and prejudgments about nuclear at bay as we began discussions, but truthfully, my internal eyebrow was raised. Why are we speaking with nuclear researchers? Visions of meltdowns in a Simpsons episode crossed my mind as I subconsciously fed into every ounce of fear our society fueled over the past few decades. But we didn't talk about nuclear. We talked about climate. And when I left that meeting, I was confused and dismayed. Not about the energy crisis we are facing, or about the reality of impeding global disaster as a result of our continued use of fossil fuels. I was confused and dismayed because there was a clear way forward and no one was talking about it. Yeah, and I know that you, you've mentioned before that you were surprised at how optimistic these conversations were, in fact. Did, did that, um, how, how has that kind of impacted on, on the way that you move forward with, with creating this podcast and the way that you get the message out there? There's a there's a reality to this situation where it's uh, you know when you talk about things like climate change where there's a whole lot of noise, and I think what happened when we heard this hopeful sentiment was practical, pragmatic solutions that are available to us right now, that are utterly lost in all of this noise. So I th I, th I think for me, what the outcome was 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 it was just it felt a, a lot more quiet. When talking about these larger issues, that all of this noise was gone because none of that actually matters. What really matters is this really this practical, pragmatic outlook about things we can do now uh, to help solve these major global issues. And they're really on the ground. Uh, you know, we're talking about things like the grid and the distribution of energy as uh, as a focal point of this discussion, and that's. You know, if, if we just were to only focus on things like that, how much further could we go? Mm, yeah, I, I, do, I do think that an optimistic message does rise above the noise because everyone is spreading kind of scaremongering and telling us the worst things about the climate. And I think a lot of people want to shut out that message. So it's great that you are bringing something refreshing and different to this conversation now. I mean, there are kind of two sides to that coin, though, because there is a real pressing urgency. So people are optimistic, but we can't just be complacent and sort of happy that, you know, we, we do need action. And, and it is, it's difficult. So, it, you know, every time there's a cop, you know, the um, 
you know, the UN climate summits, you do hear these messages of doom and gloom. And I think most people tune them out. I don't think it's cutting through. And I think we talk about, you know, 1.5 degrees um, climate increase. I mean, what, what does that mean? A lot of people wouldn't even be able to tell you what net zero is. Um, so I think there is there's, there is a real communications challenge in how you, you frame these issues. Um, doom and gloom isn't working because it, 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 it does risk people just thinking, well, we're screwed, aren't we? So why bother doing anything, which is absolutely not what we need. Um, um, but at the, so, so yes, the optimism is great. Having said that, though, we we one of the things that will come through on the podcast is when, when governments talk about 2050 targets for carbon reduction or, or whatever the you know the the measure is 2050 is too late i mean we 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 will face climate tipping points much sooner if we don't act now so um it, 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 this is a very pressing uh, live issue i think it's hope but it is a um it's an act of hope it's not a passive hope it's not like i'm going to hope that this is going to get better it is i believe through action that we have a chance that that there is hope so can we talk about the people involved with making this podcast am i right that you worked with professors from mit we received seed funding to to get this started from mit's center for advanced nuclear energy systems which is uh, headed by professor jacopo buongiorno okay so it's not a lobbying exercise we're not we're not trying to promote the nuclear industry in particular. Yeah, no, there's no special interest. Our only interest is trying to uh, get the discussion out there. And um, it so happens that nuclear is a big part of that discussion. So we made sure that uh, the podcast included uh, people who could really talk to these issues. But we, we didn't only talk to nuclear physicists. We also talked to uh, leaders in in uh, uh, climate science and in uh, economics. And we, we try to really bring together as many uh, relevant people as possible who are, who, are the, who are the leaders in their field, who know what they're talking about. That, that's right. We're, we're trying to inform debate here. To, to be clear, pers- speaking personally, I am an advocate for nuclear energy. Uh, I wasn't about 18 months ago. I became, uh, you know, I, I started looking into the subject and actually realized that a lot of the perceptions I have around nuclear um, actually were not accurate, um, and and we, we you know we cover that a bit in the podcast because um, it's important. But new, new, as Mark was saying earlier, we look beyond just climate change, and nuclear comes into the conversation. But we're looking at the grid, we're looking at how energy is distributed, um, and even getting onto well, you know, what things might we do differently with a different um, energy mix? What kinds of production might we we be able to do um, and where right we don't have climate deniers on the show these folks are uh, welcome to their views but they don't belong on a, a program that has a discourse on science uh, we wanted an evidence-based conversation and we want our listeners to get information directly from the sources from the experts in their fields yeah i mean so what we don't have um is anyone advocating for the continued use of, of fossil fuels? You know, we, we want to present a balanced discussion uh, and for listeners to make up their own minds, but a discussion based on facts, evidence um, and expertise.
We are facing the prospect of collapse from many different angles. Economic downturns and recessions are nothing new. They happen in cyclical fashion. What's different about this one is that it overlaps with political crises, the return of war to Europe, and the existential threat of climate catastrophe. Leading Western democracies seem to be in retreat. Ordinary folks everywhere can see that we are struggling, not just economically, but socially too. There's a sense of drift, a feeling that past aspirations for brighter futures and continuing progress no longer seem available in quite the way they once did. Many of us are faring poorer than our parents and worry about the next generation behind us. Systems across the industrialized world are broken, but who knows how to fix them? I wanted to ask you about the, the cast that you have. You've got very renowned scientists and thought leaders in their field, so you must be really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> I am, uh, I, I'm not going to attempt a California accent, but um, I am totally stoked. Um, and Mark please don't do a British accent (laughs) that's not your cue Uh, (laughs) it might start out with jolly good but um, I don't really know how how you people talk (laughs) moving on we have we have a list of some of the of the people I'm just running through some of the names of the people who are going to be on the podcast we've got Norman Foster he's probably the most famous architect on the planet David Newman director of MIT Media Lab You've already mentioned Professor Bongiorno, but you've also got Kerry Manuel, who's a leading atmospheric scientist, Guillermo Trotti, who's international space station designer, and the list goes on. Tell me more. Yeah, we're very fortunate, actually, to to have uh, secured the involvement of all the the people you've mentioned. Um, And they're all, I mean, really, you know, interesting individuals in their own right, experts in their field. Um, somebody else you didn't mention um, w- w- is Joshua Goldstein, who's a professor emeritus at American University. He's an international relations um, academic by trade. And when, when we recorded with him, he was just back from the Venice Film Festival, where he'd been promoting his new film with Oliver Stone, directed by Oliver Stone, called Nuclear Now. And that is actually, and I'm happy to put a plug in for, for Oliver and Joshua, that is coming to US cinemas um, or theatres, to, to use their language, um, end of April. I think it's the 28th of April that film's releasing. Um, but so, yeah, we, we've been very fortunate with who we've had on, on the show. Baseline, I think, uh, as we said before, was a sort of optimistic message that we heard resonating from, from, from everyone. And the... You know, contributors were, you know, also, I suppose, certain about how this can function and how energy can be salvaged. That it really left me with um, a better understanding of what what we're actually confronting. You know, past all of this political discourse. So I think that um, the the folks that we gathered are are really instrumental in, in in delivering this message, and I hope that it creates conversations going forward. I think that sounds like a great teaser for season one of Gridlocked, but I'd like us to talk about what happens after season one. Could you tell us where you think Gridlocked is going? Let's start with you, Mark. I believe that Gridlocked is a good platform to unpack all of the things that are getting in the way of human progress. And I don't mean progress in that industrialized way. I mean, in, in improving society for humanity overall. 
And there are major macro issues across the board that can be and should be addressed in this way. Um, so I have a pretty long list of things I would like to explore, everything from transportation, food, water, um, security, uh, all of these things that are, um, they almost are of equal importance. So it's difficult to, to hone in on which one we should do next. How about you, Nick? Where do you see gridlock going? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, yes, all of the above that Mark's mentioned. I mean, there are things like AI, robotics, cybersecurity, the supply chain that goes on. I mean, I, I, I've been saying to Mark, actually, from the outset, that at some point I'd like us to look into discourse itself. For example, how can politically polarised societies um, get back to more civility in public debate? You know, how do we learn once again to disagree with each other without being on the brink of civil war? Yes, I would, I would like to know how to do that. I think this is a good point to wrap up for now. Episode one is coming soon and will focus on the current state of play with energy and climate change. I hope everyone listening to this will join us for episode one. Until then, over to Nick to close us out. With a climate emergency so real, so immediate and pressing, humanity must act with urgency. We can do so with a sense of optimism at the new possibilities and opportunities available to us if we seize this moment. The fear-inducing warnings from those with good climate intentions don't seem to be working. They risk creating a sense of fatalism, especially if we keep being told that this is our last chance each time there is a COP summit on climate. Albert Einstein, or was it someone else, said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, in the context of the current economic crisis accompanied by the climate emergency, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and striving for the same results. We need change, starting with the one issue underpinning so many others we face today, the energy crisis. We look forward to you tuning in to Gridlocked. Gridlock Season 1 was made possible through the generous support of the MIT Center for Advanced Nuclear Energy Systems. The Gridlock theme music you are hearing now was created by Ewan Caborn. The podcast was produced by Renovata and can be found at gridlockpodcast.com.